This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Inside the Red and White. This is the podcast for fans by fans about all things Arsenal women and women's football in general. We talk through it all from the perspective of the Red and White Singing Group, which is a group dedicated to building the atmosphere at Arsenal women's games. I'm Susie and my co-host is Nat. Hello Nat. Hello everybody. Today, we did previously promise in our first episode that you wouldn't just be hearing our voices. And on the second episode here, we're, we're proving that right. And today we have a special guest, Farah. Hi, Farah. Hello. I'm so excited Welcome, to be here. Farah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're excited as well. We know that you've got quite a story to tell. So um, Farah's joining us for this whole episode. We're going to be talking through some bits and pieces, what's been going on in the past week or so in women's football. And then we will be hearing Farah's journey to the red and white a little bit later. But um, yeah, we wanted to talk around a few of the things that have been really through Twitter, which um, the red and white's been discussing in our group chat. Heineken ads, Nat, Farah. What yeah. do we think about the things that have been circulating around that then this past week? Not happy. I'm not happy. I've never been so annoyed at something. When a, when a bra- the thing is, I like Heineken as well, so it's annoyed me slightly more. But I just think that some of these brands obviously are so disconnected from our sport and have no idea that they just get their marketing so wrong. If you haven't seen these, I don't know. I don't know how to explain them, but they've got these billboards that are around Eindhoven, I'm assuming around the stadium, that have got these pictures of fans or whatever with these quotes. I don't know if I can look at them. Oh, I can't. One Hang second. on. Here's an example. So it's hashtag, hashtag to all fans. Uh, one of them that I can see here is cheers to Mark, who confessed to his wife that he sees other women on the weekend. We've got one that's cheers to Ulrich for watching the match that nobody watches in quotation marks there. Do we have another one? Yeah, cheers to Diego for admitting to friends that he prefers women's football over men's. I mean, that's just, it, it's very frustrating because, you know, as women, you're all, we're always fighting a fight anyway. Um, and it's almost like we have to applaud these men for going out their way to watch a women's game. And the educational piece behind it just shows that they have no idea what happens in the women's game. They have no idea 
what our atmosphere is like and the research it just isn't there for a brand like Heineken who's such a massive sponsor to to football again is separating men's and women's football in the most negative way and it just it just shows that they know nothing about it and Mm. the research isn't there the educational piece isn't there I'm disappointed actually in in Heineken because they're such a big sponsor in in in, in football. So it's so frustrating to to uh, when I saw that. Yeah. And it just bring brings our brings our game back. We just moved ten steps back, and that just seems to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a theme. You know, we move forward, and then something like this moves us ten steps back. No, it's quite it's quite demeaning, isn't it? Like it's it's sort of dismissive of the skill of the players. I mean, there are so many good things about the game that they could be showing instead of that. And and I should probably say that I think that there were some posts about with women in them as well, but I think that they were equally not in the right tone. I I, yeah. I would I, I think wanna cheers to Adina who knows her place in football right here, setting the tone. It's just it is, it's taking the wrong approach. I mean, there's so much culture, there's so much history behind a lot of these games, and it's just a very low bar to set applauding men for just coming along to these games when when they're there because they enjoy it. It's not like they're making a statement in it. You know, everybody that I know, um, who yeah, the men that I know that do go to the games, because I do think that there is quite a mix of us in the red and white in particular, they're there because they love it. That's why they're there. They don't do it because they can then go home and say, oh, I've done this really good thing. I've been to a women's match. It's because they love it. What annoys me the most, it's, and I said this to Susie yesterday when I saw this and I was like, I want to talk about this because you go into Boreham Wood and it isn't one type of, of supporter in there. There's there's a mix. And if brands just look, if, if it was 100% women and we wanted to get more men to the games, but... I'm not bothered if you're a man, a woman, a child, or whatever. Just, just I just want people to come to the games. Why do we have to? It shouldn't matter whether you want to watch men's football, women's football, netball, hockey, whatever it is. Just watch sport if you want to watch sport and feel safe in an environment or whatever. I just think that they've completely dropped the ball, literally dropped the ball. And well, I know they say that like no publicity is bad publicity and they've got people talking about them and maybe that's, Maybe that's what they wanted. But honestly, if I was sat in a meeting to discuss that, how someone hasn't said, these are the wrong messages. A lot of the comments they do seem to be talking around, was there a woman in the room? Obviously, there's the, was there somebody in that room that watches women's football and appreciates what it's all about? But was there actually a woman or you know, more than one woman? Was it an equal, diverse split between people in that room that actually made that yeah. decision? And yeah, I mean, you're right, like in terms of it, it's creating conversation. People are talking about it. And I don't think I've really seen any anything, any quote tweets or whatever that's been supporting the message. So yeah. it's a shame that it has to be discussed it would be great if they just hit the nail on the head and got it right first time but at the same time it's it's good that you can read these discussions and see people's opinions about it as well um in that space of social media yeah exactly and i think for us as well we're coming from a fan group of of the red and white where there are so many positive male allies and when 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 you do see the north bank or you do see but go to borrowwood and you see the amount of people men women kids families we don't think anything of it that's just very normal to us that it's just everybody so when we see something like this it upsets us because that's just not how our experience is and you know women's the women's game is obviously at the highest level at the minute and the fact that we're still separating football and still saying the men's game and the women's game and we're just not talking about football in general just shows that we're still a little bit behind and there's still some work to do 
it's it was a very frustrating thing to see I think especially when we've had such an incredible incredible season in the women's game this year I would say in terms of that that split of perhaps what they were attempting to do was to get fans of the men's game into the women's game if you know if that if that was their goal I think we I can't remember which game it was but we had one of our games at the Emirates was it Chelsea at the beginning of this year where yeah. it was on the same day that Arsenal men were playing Tottenham we still yeah, had 40,000 people in that yeah. stadium supporting the women we had more I think at the Spurs game at the beginning of the at the beginning of the season I think it was closer to 47,000 but it, it kind of shows that if they want to come they'll come so yeah it is it's quite a strange angle to take in my opinion but I think what one of the other things that's on a similar vein that's kind of come up this week is the the award ceremony for Alessia Russo in this past week she won player of the year award and there was what's been <laughs> pounced on um, in, in terms of it looking like very casual sexism from yeah. the chief executive of the Manchester United's uh, charity foundation. As he handed over the award, he basically said, I don't know if I should give this to you. It's too heavy for, for you. Thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, when he, got, he got her name wrong. He didn't even call her Alessia. I think he called her Alexia. Yeah, he and did. He did. Fine if you want to say, oh, it's heavy. But it's not that. He said it about three or four times. I wouldn't even be surprised if he was involved in those Heineken ads, to be quite frank. But it was just like you could see how Alessia's face, she was like trying to take it as a joke. And I think even the the compare or whoever the other guy was, um, was like trying to say, I'm sure she can manage. But it was just, this is a professional athlete. Honestly, it was just one of them things where I was like, this is where we're stuck still. And this is the problem. This should not be happening where it's, I don't know if misogynistic or whatever is the right word, but just this whole sort of female effectively isn't, you know, inferior. You can't handle the weight of this or whatever. And it was just, it was embarrassing. And I know the guy came, the the guy came out and apologised on Twitter. The problem with that was, uh, one, I I don't know if he really, someone has obviously told him he should probably say something. But then I was reading the comments on it and the amount of comments where they it, it just sort of started that other conversation of just just horrible comments about how, you know, women belong in the kitchen and they shouldn't be playing football. And I actually don't think that apology helped. It probably caused, you know, more comments like that. And it's just in the whole the whole game where women are not seen to be in certain job roles and, and whatever. And I just think hopefully one day we'll get away from it. I will say that as part of that ongoing narrative really around the comments that are normally associated with women's football, a lot of them can be negative. What I take from that, and I can't remember who it was, but I saw a video on Twitter that was basically somebody saying, there are so many comments, but the the people that are commenting these negative things, they're having to constantly change what they're saying because women's football keeps proving them wrong. Yeah. Like saying, oh, nobody wants to come and watch this. And it, well, we've just filled out a stadium with 60,000 people. Oh, I bet that it costs nothing to attend. Well, actually, some of the tickets for the Finalissima were, what, £60, whatever it was. And they still packed that out. Every argument that they seem to come forwards with women's football, because of the speed at which it's now growing, they're having to find new ways to be negative, which, you know, let's keep up that challenge. Let's just keep making it very, very difficult for them to come at us because women's football is is here to stay. So, yes, there are negative comments out there, but I think I can only see the positives in what women's football is doing and where it's heading right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, just saying they need to find different things to to come at us with. I think people genuinely have a problem with 
the way women's football is going and the pace that it's it's rising and the popularity. Um, they're always going to have something that they need to say to us to to bring us down. And that's something I think we're always going to struggle with, no matter how you know how consistent, how tangible this is now, and how sustainable this is. Because uh, I think it is pretty sustainable. I, I think we're just going to keep growing. Um, but there are people out there that have a real problem with it, um, and that's something that we're always going to face. I think back to the Alessia Russo topic. I think yeah, Nat, like you said, her face just says it all. I think when she heard it, she probably just thought, oh, I can't believe this is happening on stage. She, you know, this is a Man United executive um this is her club and this banter or whatever you want to call it it was just unnecessary it was pretty stupid and I think I said something along the lines of that on a on a tweet I just thought it's not even banter it's just unnecessary there was no reason really to say it and I think the host as well felt a bit embarrassed because he was like no I think she'll be fine with that and she's a professional athlete and she could probably just you know run rings around him that's just unfortunately what female athletes are, are are going through and pretty much on a on a day-to-day basis these are the type of comments they they face this was just very unfortunate that it was from such a big club club that supports women that shows to support women man united have done very well this season and i just thought it was just poor it was poor form it was it was just so unnecessary i didn't understand it it wasn't even a joke but unfortunately that's probably not the first time she's she's heard stuff like that yeah well mm-hmm. not- a, an Arsenal awards ceremony, Alessia. If you listen to this, <laughs> we'll never do that to you. So, It'll never, never happen at the Arsenal with it. Oh, and you'll have an amazing chant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have the best chant. Honest to God, if we don't sign Alessia, we're gonna get <laughs> come back. Did you see that tweet yesterday? Someone had created an Arsenal women's account just so that they, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, we we are. I do hope that the other teams like they they give us some stick if it doesn't happen oh, because we have properly like been very 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 vocal on on Twitter. <laughs> well, I reckon one one of the stories, one of the other stories that we should comment on is Lydia Bedford. Obviously, Yay. she's been assistant coach uh, for a few months now at Arsenal, and Lydia has now been appointed as the head coach for the under 18s boys team for Brentford. And my understanding is that she's the first woman for a Premier League under 18s boys team to be appointed at that in that position which is pretty impressive I mean it's brilliant but it also seems like it should have happened before yeah yeah there's so many there's so many fantastic women I have no idea how I mean it's happening it, the problem is there aren't enough women um if you think about what the WSL used to be like to how many women coaches managers there are for WSL clubs I think I'm gutted, obviously, that Lydia's left and good luck to her. But I'm so, so happy for the role that she's gone into. And hopefully this can be the start of more and more females going in, going into those roles. Like Serena Viegman, just a side note, it's slightly, is probably one of the best coaches in the world. And and she could 100% coach a, a, a male team. I don't think it matters. As long as you've got the skill set and um, and the, the, the whole skill set to be a manager... It's irrelevant if you're male or female, but there's definitely a lacking in, in females in those top positions. And hopefully this will start to pave the way. I'm hoping she's mega successful and mm-hmm. more and more women can see people like Lydia, just like we've got the little girls now looking and can see football players on the pitch and go, that is something that is tangible and is achievable. Obviously having Lydia put in those positions so that, because people might not want to be, 
you know, mm. playing on the field. They might want to be coaches. And if they can see there is a woman in a position in that male, massively male-dominated area, because from a coaching, et cetera, point of view, and I think that's fantastic. It's all about visibility. Visibility is key. And I hope Kelly Smith is brought back in next season on the coaching staff at Arsenal. Um, obviously came in towards the end of the season because I don't want to lose that female visibility from Arsenal women either. Because of she leaves there, but obviously I still want it. I want that still be a visibility at Arsenal as well. So hopefully, but yeah, just more more women everywhere mm. is hundred percent. 100%. I'm, I'm a big fan of Lydia Bedford. I think her coming in when she did at Arsenal, when we really needed her, uh, I think just kind of shows she brought some sort of stability um, into that team and, and the girls probably could really have used that when she came in and she did a fantastic job. She's changing the game uh, now by, by being appointed and the fact that it's under 18s as well, that development is going to be so key and the fact that they've turned to her for that, I think just shows where we are. It should have happened sooner, 100%, but mm. you do have to start somewhere with these things. And I yeah. think she'll be the first person and hopefully it will kind of trickle along. I think it's an incredible appointment. Really sad to lose her. I think she she definitely played a, a big part to our season when we needed her the most. And you can see how she's a very quiet, confident woman. Uh, she knows her stuff. And I think it's incredible that she's she's taken this on. But the fact that it's under 18s is is fantastic. The development is so key at that age. Um, and they're just kind of getting into their professional contracts. So yeah, to have a woman taking that on, very, very proud of that, proud of her as well. So yeah, and hopefully we keep Kelly Smith. I think the impact that Kelly has probably had on that team, we've needed that an extra oomph this season because we've had a, you know, we've had a hard season. Um, and I think Kelly Smith coming in is I think it's a great appointment. I think she will be there next season. I'm really hoping so. Like you said, Matt, we just need more women in those positions and they need the opportunity because we know that how many incredible female coaches there are, but having that opportunity to go over to the men's game is is lacking a little bit. But hopefully, you know, we we start somewhere and it started with Lydia and hopefully it'll carry on. I saw an interview recently about Emma Hayes and one of the mm. questions that, that was being discussed was would she ever manage a men's team and I, I'm yeah. positive that I'm right in saying that it was a would and not a could that was it was like a, a switch just in the semantics of that single word that mm. was if she chose to do this or it was more yeah. do you think she will choose to do this because there was no question of her capabilities of actually coaching a men's team I think that you know you can't detract from everything that she's done for Chelsea women and there's yeah. absolutely no reason that wouldn't translate to being her being an amazing coach for the a men's team as well I do think it's it's great that it's happening and I think that more and more women will, will we will see them moving into into the men's game as well um, and hopefully more as you say, it'll be nice, uh, nice to see Kelly Smith sticking around yeah. uh, for Arsenal women as well. Right. Well, I, I think that that's that's a good time for us to shift to our next segment. Um, so this is the part where we hear a story, somebody's story about heading to the red and white, how they got involved in women's football. And although we have been chatting with Farah now for the past 20 or so minutes, this is uh, we are now going to hear from Farah, her journey to the red and white. So take it away, Farah. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Okay, um, so football football has been a part of my life for a long time. I started playing when I was about six and played for a London club, joined when I was about six, uh, stayed there until I was about 12, moved over to another club until I was about 15, which shocked my, my family because, you know, no one in my family plays sport or is, is into football as much. And I sort of was very random with it, but it was everything that I... I loved, I was so passionate about it uh, every day in, in, in a tracksuit or a football kit. And then I stopped playing when I was about 15. I went back to, you know, just sort of focusing on school. Uh, but I didn't really know much about women's football when I was playing. I had had no clue on it. And I didn't really even know any of the any of the players. And it wasn't it wasn't until I stopped playing where I had experience at a club where I was quite amazed by it and it wasn't until I stopped playing and I thought you know I really want to know a little bit more about it and I want to be into it and that's where I kind of became a fan of, of women's football so I'm, I'm 29 now and, and it, it was from about 16 and I remember at the time you know there was nothing on TV obviously there was only like one FA Cup final you could watch but I had to really do some digging and research to find out a little bit about it and then I remember I passed my driving test when I was about 18 and you know when you want to do that sort of first drive on your own and I thought where am I going to go I need to go see a game um I tried to get one of my friends to come she was supposed to but she bailed last minute so I ended up going to Boreham Wood on my own to watch Arsenal and it was it was so easy just to get a ticket there was like no one there there was probably about 150 people I drove up on my own very nervous my first drive that's the day I saw Rachel Yankee play for the first time. I saw Kelly Smith play. I saw Alex Scott play. And it was incredible. I had never seen women play like that. I didn't know that this existed. And Rachel Yankee is my favourite player of all time. She's she's the reason why I support Arsenal women. She's the reason why I got into women's football. But to see her play and to to see that representation on the pitch. And I was just amazed. I, I just really couldn't take my eyes off of it. So the love of Arsenal women sort of started from there. But none of my friends, you know, the girls that I hang out with, no one's really into football. So I went to a few games here and there over the years, but not that much. And then I think over the last maybe three years or so, I started going to a few men's game a little bit more. And then the women's game, I used to go maybe like on my own a few times. But this season in particular, I was at the Everton game this season at Meadow Park. And it was the first time I'd gone to Meadow Park in a long time. I, I saw chants happening. I saw sort of familiar faces that maybe I'd seen uh, a couple of games prior. It was something that I, I wanted to get involved with. But sometimes, you know, you don't want to cheer on your own. But I could see there were a few people cheering. And I, I think I was, I was on the East stand and I could see people in the North. And it was just something that I wanted to get involved with. I saw something online about a fan group. I thought, okay, let's give this a try. Let's uh, let's get in touch. I think I replied to a tweet or something and I got a DM from Lewis, one of our founders of Red and White. He said, look, come into the group. We're trying to build something here, create an incredible atmosphere. I think you'll really enjoy it. So yeah, I did that. And the first game uh, that I went, I went, I had already had 
the North London derby that I went to. I already had Chelsea tickets booked, but the first game met the red and white was the uh, Leon game, uh, the Champions League. I think it was midweek. It was raining. It was freezing. Probably maybe about, I don't know, about 2,000 people there. It was a midweek game. But that was the first day we all met everyone. And there's probably about seven or eight of us in it's sort of sat together. And there wasn't there wasn't many of us, but it was the first time we all got some chants together and, and, and started cheering. Unfortunately, that was the game that Vivian Miedemar ruptured her ACL. So that wasn't ideal. And it kind of started from there. To see us grow slowly but steady was incredible. And then straight after that game was my first Meadow Park experience with the Red and White. And it was the game, it was a Conti Cup game against Villa. And it was Jordan Nobbs' first game back at Meadow Park. There was just an incredible vibe there that day to kind of go with the red and white and to be part of the North Bank. I had never stood in the North Bank before, but I met—I think I met a few of you that day as well. But it was the first time we just chanted from start to finish, from warm up to the final whistle. Great win! I think we won three three nil that day. I, I pretty much was sold. I just I just I found it as such an inclusive group. I saw us getting bigger and bigger. And I think as the group got bigger, you know, we realised we have we have an opportunity here to plug in different in different platforms. I think I think when we when we got to I think the semi final of the Conti Cup, we were talking about maybe social media platforms and how we're going to develop the red and white a bit further and how we can have a bit more of an outreach. Social media is something that I haven't I haven't really done. I've always been a fan of, but I haven't really I haven't got the experience in it, but. I felt so passionate about what we had as a group um, and how we can showcase this. So I got involved with the social media side. I look after our TikTok page, which has been doing very, very well. But it gave me an opportunity to really be involved, speak to so many people uh, within the red and white, but also create these these moments and these videos for us that we can look back, because um, I'm sure we'll be looking back for seasons to come, but also just create a vibe and really showcase that and I think that's something that Arsenal women do very well and you know not just after red and white but home in a way the supporters club and then I think for me where I realized this is the outreach is huge is we had a uh, Champions League game away in Wolfsburg and we got contacted by the art of football and for people that don't know the art of football they create incredible merchandise for the women's game the men's game and they got in touch with us and they wanted us to take over their Instagram story for the Champions League game. And I was going out to Wolfsburg, so I decided to do it. Knowing how far that we had come and knowing that we had a platform to really kind of show what the red and white are about was was really special. The game was special. The whole weekend was special from the pre-meetup to, to the game itself. And, and obviously that game was was a tough game because you know we basically had no squad we went 2-0 down at half time we brought it back to 2-2 and I think if you watch those videos you can see how excited I am I I, I normally don't put my face on the TikToks but this time I had to uh, for the takeover and it, we've just gone from strength to strength and I put out a video for every game we go to and you know sometimes you can't make all the games and it's a real team effort because I get videos from everybody from you guys uh, from everyone in the red and white and I put them together I love putting them together but you can just see from our first video to our last video how far we've come and how big we are and yeah I'm just that's kind of how I got into it and that's kind of where I've developed with it 
and where we want to take it. There's still so much more to do. I think the collaboration with the art of football, but also the feedback that we've got from other incredible women football content creators has been great. They've been a massive support to us as well. They've helped us along the way. They give us great feedback. And this has all been done within five months. Um, so, yeah, I think um, that's kind of where we are with it. Um, it's something that I really enjoy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to next season because I just think these videos are just going to get bigger and better and collaborations are going to happen as well. So, yeah, watch this space. All TikToks, Farrah, are incredible. And if you haven't watched the last one, just have a tissue ready because I was so emotional watching that. I'm not ready for it. And I wanted to ask you, Farrah, because I did say to you before, like, like it's so amazing to get to know everybody's story so from yeah. those first games you went to, how would you have ever imagined from sort of that first game to sort of what, what it is now and the, and how far it's come? No, I mean, I remember I was so nervous to go that day. I, I was so young as well. And I, I literally got there. There was probably about 100 supporters there, not even. To, see, to go from that as an 18-year-old girl, and I never, I, you know, obviously I, I used to play football and I loved it, but I never... I never also had the best experience in, in my journey. So to go and, and to see that game was unbelievable. And then you move, what, 15, 16 years on and we're outgrowing Meadow Park. You know, we're bursting at the seams in Meadow Park now. If you told me that all those years ago, I would have never have believed you. I, I, I never thought it would happen. So it's just incredible to be part of that, but also, you know, really just showcase this this atmosphere as well. I thought, you know, I'd create some content, put some videos up, that would be it. But, you know, it re I get really invested into it. Um, and by doing it, you get to meet so many people, you know, so many people are sending you things, you get to interact with so many other fans, and you get to hear their stories as well. And to see the pride on everyone's faces, and people just seem so proud of it. I think that's just what makes the Arsenal fan base so special because, you know, there are some great fan bases, obviously, but I just don't think no, nobody's doing it like we're doing it. And it's just happened very naturally. Nobody has to force themselves to do this. You know, it's just, it's just about passion and the love for Arsenal. And you see fan bases, you know, doing very well now and, you know, creating their own clubs and their own fan groups, which is great. But I think that's the back of what they've seen us do. Um, so it's great for the WSL, but I don't think there's a fan base like ours. No, and let's let's just put this out there. There's some well-known football content creators, Sam Miller, Nancy Baker, uh, Rihanna, Rihanna said about the North Bank being the best atmosphere. The last game of the season where yeah. Chelsea or United are going to win the league, and where's Sam Miller and where's Nancy? They're at Bournemouth. You know, in a game yeah. pretty much guaranteed Champions League football. It was a sort of a half of a nothing game, you know. Yeah. And I think that shows a lot of and the hard work that you put into those uh, into those videos and the content that goes about. I mean, I am so proud, and I've said it many times, it's why me and Susie really wanted to have this, not only to do a podcast, we wanted to do that, but we wanted it to be connected to the red and white because we are so passionate about this and our dream is to build on this and to take that Meadow Park atmosphere and because we are going to move to the Emirates and to, and to help and make that the best atmosphere in the WSL. And I think you guys have done a fantastic job. I remember at the United game, the away game, obviously we weren't at that one. And like yeah. me and Sri were like, we need to get the videos, and then someone shouting at me going, "You need to do it landscape, or no portrait, <laughs> not landscape." The TikTok kind of went, "Oh no, I've done like three <laughs> videos." So, but yeah, we're all we're all 
together. It's a fa- you know, it's a family. Uh, we are a family, and everyone's doing it for each other. You know, if yeah. it, getting a video, sending it to Farah, I feel like I'm contributing that little bit more. It is such a team, you know, a team, a team feel, and it's such a team effort. And um, yeah, you've got the TikToks, you've got the Instagram, and it is run by by, by different people. But it is such a team effort. Uh, I can't express that enough because we do communicate a lot on on our socials. But yeah, it's a massive team effort. I don't think anyone can take just 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 credit for for those videos. You know, everyone plays their part. But I'm going to admit, I didn't realise that you didn't have experience in it before. I thought <laughs> you were already really good at it because everything that you put out is so good and you really kind of capture the essence of what's going on on that on the day and you show it in such a good way. I mean, the TikToks, like, like Nat said, the last one of the season, I stupidly watched that on my commute home um, the other day and that was not the time to do it. <laughs> I needed to be like in my own space, I think, to be watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just the people that you've met along the way and um, you know if, I, I knew I was joining a fan group but I never thought I would I would meet actual friends you know and my life outside of football is, is so different but when I have this this side of my football life and I have a whole nother people that I you know I consider really really good friends and I just you know feel very included and the football hasn't always made me feel like that to to be part of this group and you know to create these memories with everyone is is incredible and the you know, I'm just very proud of how quickly and how how much impact we've had on Arsenal women. Because um, this season they've needed us more than ever and we've stepped up. And you can really feel us being that 12th player. I think Man City semi-final, Conti Cup, we were losing that game. We, we won that game 1-0, but that was us. You know, we the North Bank was shaking that night and we got into the Conti Cup final and we, we won it. But games like that, you know, they've needed us. And we've we've stepped up, yeah. Um, and it's only it's only going to get better from from here. I just I can't wait for next season. Genuinely, I mean, we need the summer because I, I am exhausted. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole of May, I, I was I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, I went to I live in North Wales, went to London every weekend in May, every weekend. Yeah. And I was like, I I need a break. Like I need to yeah. get my voice back. I'm excited about how it's going to work. Um, you know, we can. Uh, about uh, with us going to the Emirates and I just want to yeah just say thank you Farron and everybody that does anything to do with the red and white everyone's done a bloody fantastic job and it's onwards and upwards like imagine where we're going to be this time next year uh, I'm I'm like I'm excited we think what we just did in five months it's incredible you tell people this wasn't here this time last year or even you know in September October we've done this in such a short space of time I'm excited to be with everyone from the start because obviously yeah. I didn't start joining until the January and you know I just like oh wasted half the season but I think maybe while we're talking about this I think it's now a good time for us to play and honestly guys this if this next section does not make you smile I don't know what will but mm-hmm. Farah did her fan five we would have done it on this but uh, Susie actually recorded Farah's outside Warren Wood last Saturday we'll pop it in now and then we'll have a little chat about it but it was if this doesn't make you smile, I don't know what will. Champions of Europe! The only in the line. Not in Chelsea! Hello, this is today's Fan 5. I'm here with Farah. Hi, Farah. Hi, how you doing? I'm all right, thanks. We're stood just outside waiting for the last game of the season, so this is a perfect use of our time to be filming these. Um, So, I'm going to dive straight into it. Our first question is, what was your fave away game performance? 
It's got to be Wolfsburg away, Champions League. It was an incredible atmosphere. We basically had no team um, and the girls played with so much heart. It was my first, uh, you could probably hear the chants behind me, but it was my first, it was my first Champions League away game. Manu has just walked past. Manu's just entered the building. <laughs> right, so the, building. the next question is best home game. Best home game. Um, I would probably have to say Man City, Conti Cup semi-final. It was just, we did, probably didn't play the best, but we got the win and it just sort of represents this season. And we got into the final and it was incredible uh, atmosphere at Meadow Park. I find it quite funny that City tends to feature on this, but that's a different game to the one that other people have said, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, OK, the middle, the, the third question is best team performance. What's your best team performance of the season? Conti Cup final. It was just, I think the vibe from start to finish was just amazing. We went down very early, uh, but I think we all just knew there was something in that team and we were going to get it back and oh, Selhurst Park was just shaking. Yeah, it was incredible, incredible. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and then the fourth question is of our fan five is, uh, oh, dream signing out of anybody. doesn't have to be realistic, just dream signing. Maria Leon, Barcelona centre-back. It'd be incredible. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Amazing. And then final question, best chant, difficult one. Um, I have to say Rafa. I know it's really sad, but uh, Rafa is a, a great one. Um but we have absolutely amazing ones and Katie McCabe and Steph Catley's is up there. But personal favourite is Rafa. Yeah. And I think that she's just arrived as well. We can hear the chants. We can hear the chants. Rafa's in the building. So we're going to go and chant that. But that was today's Fan 5. Thanks, Farah. No problem. Cool. All right. Well, that was Farah's fan five. We're going to have to talk about it. So, yeah. Nat, what, what do we reckon? What do we think of her favourite away performance? Wolfsburg, honestly, I've never had FOMO. Honest <laughs> to God, I had so much FOMO. I've still got, I genuinely still think, I mean, I went to Munich and it was fantastic. But honestly, like, guys, I think the, the meet-up looked insane, that place that they organised and just the game itself, like, I mean, games where you come back, I mean, if we'd have won, it had been even amazing. And then the fact that, you know, you had those connections with the players after the game and all the content that was just filling either into the WhatsApp group or on social media, oh, it yeah. was just, it was fantastic. And I wasn't even there. I was overwhelmed by it all, so I can't imagine what it was like being there. Yeah, that that, that was special. Uh, that, was a, that was a standout. We, you know, we took over the Art of Football's Instagram that day, but just the entire weekend was 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 amazing the the vibe and, and selling our allocation especially when we when we realized we got Wolfsburg and we thought oh I didn't even think I was going to go from that to, to to what happened and, and I think just the game itself you know they really needed the fans that day uh they were 2-0 down they came back and set them up nicely for for a sold out Emirates in the end but yeah just the interaction from them at the end it was a spe- it was a special one that one it, it will it will live long in my memory that one for sure yeah I remember at the end of the game. I don't know if you remember this, Farrah. We we because we've got a we've got a little WhatsApp group with a few of us on, and we yeah. start. I actually watched the game with uh, Cheska and Rebecca on on FaceTime because we didn't go to the game. And at the end of the game, we just like pressed video call on the chat, and everyone was screaming, <laughs> and it was, it was like we'd won the Champions League. I know it felt like that. It was in. It was so good. And then home one, you went with the Conti Cup 
semi-final Man City. I remember staring at the North Bank because me and Alice were in the East Stand. Yeah. And I remember when that, when, who scored? Was it Black Stenius? Yeah. I think it was yeah. Alina yeah. Hurtig. Lena Hurtig could assist. Uh, Blackstone, I mean, why she couldn't have done that at the end of normal time? Because we score like right at the start of extra time, so we had to sit there for another half an hour. Yeah, and the yeah. North Bank, and I just wanted to be in there. But how was it in there, guys? Because yeah, I mean, I picked that as my favorite home because that was the first time we had the red and white. And we had this incredible atmosphere at the North Bank. It was the first time where we just went wild and we, we stayed after the final whistle and we were chanting. I think Lee threw himself off like the barriers and started running when that goal went in. <laughs> the North Bank was shaking that night. And I think that was such a pivotal point in our season because we needed yeah. that final. And we, I think it showed how much the players needed us because we didn't stop that game. It was a midweek game as well. I don't know if you remember. And it was freezing and it was cold. Under the lights, extra time. And they needed us to just get them over the line. And, and we did that. Um, and that was such a, a big moment for them in the season, but also a big moment for us as the red and white. So, yeah, yeah, it was a standout. For me, it was it was at the end. It was the the continuous chanting of "Ali, Ali, Ali." We just yeah. we just kept yeah. singing it over and over and over, and it was like the perfect song for us all to just be celebrating with. I think up until that point as well, we kind of not been playing too well. It was that February where we just were not doing anything right. Like we were having so many shots on goal, and none of them were going in. And then we had that, and it got us into the final. And it was just like this release of energy that we all had in the stands. It was yeah, pretty special. I think we met at a good companion before. I remember I had half a day at work, drove three and a half hours, went straight to the good companion. Then I think some people were doing Jaeger bombs before that game. It was freezing. And then it was extra time. And I got home at three o'clock in the morning and then went to work the next morning. But I was buzzing the whole way home. And then moving on to best team performance, which links straight with the Conti Cup, because you picked the Conti Cup final. um, I did. Selhurst Park. Yes, that game. I think there was a, there was an atmosphere that day from the from the moment we entered the pub at pre meetup, which was just incredible because it was such a vibe. We had face painting, we had the kids there, we had fan walk planned, but it wasn't even like a planned fan walk. It just sort of happened, didn't it? From yeah, from from pub to to stadium, everyone just had a feeling we were gonna you know we were gonna win, and we obviously got battered by them the week before, so we were a bit nervous. But I think when we got into the stadium. It, there was just an, an incredible vibe. And I think going down so early, I think Sam Sam Kerr scored very early on in that game. That performance, the way they reacted, the way they were, the way they played for each other that game was was unbelievable. It was probably one of the best performances of the season as a team. And they won it. They won the cup in style and hopefully first of many, but we needed some silverware back into this club, didn't oh, we? I mean, what an incredible day. That entire ground... I mean, it must have been 70% Arsenal fans. It must have been. There was yeah. everywhere, there was flags and uh, you could just see red and white on every side. I think there were even some Arsenal fans down in over in the Chelsea bit. But I just remember going, God, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad yeah. I'm here and I'm experiencing this. It was, oh, it was incredible. It was for that game that Wrighty did his speech. Not today, Chelsea. There's a picture that I think is one of my favourite pictures from this entire season. I don't know who took it. And if I did, I would credit them. There's basically, it's a shot from the other end, uh, looking back towards us. We were behind the goal um, that Kerr had just scored in. And 
all that you can see is everybody sat around looking a little bit grim because Sam Kerr had just scored and we're this blob of red and we're all <laughs> on our feet screaming because we were like, no, now is our job to get behind our team. And I know that from listening to Wrighty's speech, I was just there like, I just, I believe in this team. I just yeah, remember yeah. thinking in that moment, right, we're not down and out. We're going to keep shouting and cheering and they're going to do it. And then they did it and in a very spectacular great. fashion. It's actually become slightly iconic because we used it as, mm. do you remember when we would, when the Bayern players were coming in? Oh, yeah, not like, today, Georgia. Not not today, the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I looked oh. in Georgia Stanway's soul that day and I said, not today, <laughs> yeah, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> So the final, the final five of the fan five from Farrah was the chant, the favourite chant and Rafa's chant. A sad one to end on, but I completely agree with it being such an epic chant. Oh yeah, it's one of my favourites, and a credit to to George on that one who who created that. Um, it was yeah, it's an incredible chant, and we all get behind it. We all scream our lungs out. So sad that you know it's over. But there is a nice little video we got of of Rafa doing an interview with Sky Sports and she looks back and we're all chanting for her. It's on the it's on one of the TikTok videos, the last one I think. And she claps and she taps her badge and you could just hear the chant going out, which is which was a lovely ending. But yeah, obviously we have some iconic chants, but I think for me this season the the Rafa chant's been a bit of a standout. I feel like we can still keep it and just change it to we have Rafa. I just I love it. We sang that song so much. I I just hope she knows. I think she does. But how much we all love her and mm. you come to Arsenal, you get the chance, man. So any prospective Arsenal players out there, man, if there's a sniffing of a of a signing, everyone's in the chant already like coming up with songs. I think we've got songs prepped for like four potential signings. Like we've got so many talented people, haven't we? So many talented people, so many talented lyricists. So yeah. many, like you know, you didn't even know. But um... we we should we should do like we should release the book of all the the things that we don't sing as well. Like we must have hundreds of songs that we're just like, oh, yeah. it doesn't quite make the cut for whatever reason, and yet they're all there brilliant. Is, there is going to be a it's in the works. It's, it's a little summer project, but there will be a lovely a lovely songbook that we're working on. Something that we're doing with the red and white and and home and away. So yeah, it's in the works. Um, I think that's probably a good point for us to say thank you ever so much, Farah, for Thanks, joining Farrah. us today. No um, Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed amazing. it. Amazing. Yeah, no, amazing conversation. And and I will say that we will be speaking to Farah again uh, very soon. I couldn't, <laughs> I'm not going to commit to a date as to when, but it will be very soon because Farah does some amazing work around the diversity of the women's game as well. And we definitely want to have that conversation. We were going to have it in today's conversation, but then we realised that we were probably going to be chatting about other things. So we wanted to make sure that it had the space that it deserved for us to to talk about it in depth so we will be hearing from farah again thanks everybody out there for listening thanks for listening everybody and don't forget to if you want to give us a little rate on there little five stars would be loved five stars for farah is what i'll say and then also hit the little bell and then you'll get notified the next time an episode's up because obviously you don't want to miss them we've got some really good ones in the works you know nearly as good as this one i'm hoping so i'll uh, i'll hand it over to susie who does a fantastic ending until next time ali ole away
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.